Welcome to the Six Figure Developer Podcast, the podcast where we talk about new and exciting technologies, professional development, clean code, career advancement, and more. I'm John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. With us today is Michael Jolly. With nearly 20 years of experience, Michael loves sharing his knowledge with others and watching them excel. You can watch his live coding sessions on Twitch and presenting talks at conferences and meetups. Welcome, Michael. Thank you for having me, John and Clayton and John. <laughs> You can call me Ash. That's what everyone calls me. So, Michael, uh, before we kind of get into the meat of things, would you maybe give our listeners like a little bit of introduction to who you are and like how you got started in the industry? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I actually started um, not trying to get into tech at all, really. I was working at an industrial distributor uh, in Birmingham, the big metropolitan city of Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, was actually doing. I think I got moved up to like an office job and they had just gotten computers like six months before and basically got tired of the mundane work. And I was like, you know what, there's gotta be a better way. So I started doing like, um, JavaScript, excuse me, that's not right. Uh, VBA, like to automate Excel and, uh, access and started, you know, I, I, it started going well. Everybody was like really interested in that and just started progressing in that and started building like little access applications with uh, VBA. And then people started approaching me on the side like, hey, you know, you work with the computers. You know how this works now. Uh, can you build me a website? I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> and uh, so my first like real projects where I got like literally paid to write code were people just building websites to do aircraft sales and everything else. And from there, got a job like over a little IT group. It was a small little SaaS company uh, who had like one developer. So at the time it was like, you know, uh, an empire of one, but uh, Mm -hmm. started doing that and, you know, transitioned into, you know, VBA was a great starter for VB. And that was really before C Sharp was out there. Uh, and then once C Sharp came along, I, I got to say, I held on to VB a long time. So spent spent about 10 years at that SaaS, uh, went from, I got to tell you, when I started there, they were in, it was wild. They were running everything on a Fox Pro database. This is a web-based SaaS, okay? Uh, Fox Pro database, <clears throat> they had the great idea. They had like these like social profiles, like like Facebook or something. But imagine like you're about, about me text. Um, if you, rather than saving that text that you customize into a database, uh, imagine saving it onto the hard drive of the server with like your account number.txt. And anytime <laughs> someone goes to your profile page, we read that text file. We don't cache it. We go read that text file <laughs> and heaven forbid you're trying to edit it. At the same time, somebody tries to read it because the file's locked. It was, they hadn't built customers in like three months at the time. It was pretty insane. Uh, so got to work with, you know, moving that to SQL. Started getting into like voice XML. They started doing some crazy stuff. Uh, moved over to C Sharp and then spent about almost 10 years doing custom software development. Left there, 
uh, helped start a custom software development shop here in Birmingham and got to work with uh, some really cool clients like Coke and uh, uh, Harley Davidson, so, some some names you would know. Uh, and uh, then went from there, uh, started streaming about uh, almost two years ago, about, about a year and a half. And just within a couple months was just sold on the, on the whole thing. I had a couple of friends who were in developer advocacy uh, for Auth0 and mm-hmm. Particle. And they reached out and were like, dude, you should really look at kind of transitioning to this other field. I mean, I, you know, not not to bash your skills or anything, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're good at developing, but you're really made for this other. So I uh, started, matter of fact, I'd never heard of developer advocacy. I was like, like lone developer, right, who has spent like 20 years as a developer, never went to a conference. And by never, I mean never went to a conference, uh, <laughs> never went to a local meetup. In fact, didn't even really know they existed until I started doing Twitch streams. And then I realized, oh, hey, developer advocacy is a thing. And hey, there's actually these conferences. I mean, I knew like about build and those sorts of things, but no place I ever worked for was willing to pay for me to go across the country uh, to one of those events. <clears throat> but yeah, got got into it that way. And uh slowly over the next six or seven months made the transition into DevRel and uh, the world has been paying for it ever since. So what do you think, uh, how do do we get a hold of the the use before you knew about developer advocacy? Like how do we get reach those folks? You know, I think right now is the time to reach them uh, because they're all at home. Uh, they, 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 they aren't locked away in their offices anymore. They're all using zoom. They're all doing things. I've gotten, so much feedback uh, from our Twitch community saying, you know, the biggest thing we love about, you know, the community you're building on Twitch is the community of it. They're, they're, they can't go to the office and talk to their their friends, you know, around the water cooler or anything. Uh, so it's an, an outlet. So it's a great opportunity for us to snag them, let them know, hey, this is available for you, right? We have these discords and we have these Twitch streams and we have YouTube videos and we have uh, these really cool user groups, you know, and bring them into that, right? It, it's it's hard to reach that person if it's not out there. So, and I would say all those things, user group, user meetups, uh, all that kind of stuff, those have certainly gotten louder in the last three, four years. I'll, I'll give you an example. I never really saw, like Hanselman, everybody in this world in the dot net, you, you talking to you fellas, you're all dot netters, you know, and you can't be bothered to not dot net. And that's why you love Blazor so much. But the, like every one of you, I bet has Scott Hanselman on your Twitter follows. We all, you know, worship at that church of Hanselman, but you didn't really see like Hanselman talking about, you know, Hey, I'm at this, you know, whatever con or, I'm talking to this meetup, right? A lot until the last couple of years, he's kind of done that. And I think it's been across the board. Like everybody's talking about that more. So people are like, Hey, what, what, the, what you're at the Philly.net meetup. Why, what is that? I'm in Philly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Um, and now that they're all online, it's more accessible. So I think it's a matter of talking about it, getting people that, you know, I don't care even if you're the lone.net guy out there, you're following Hanselman. Mm-hmm. You know, so having people like that, that everybody's kind of watching, talk about it, that's great exposure. 
I've got some family members that have some health issues. So we're, we've been in isolation for, uh, for many months since the beginning. Uh, and I, I discovered the live streamers and, and the live coders, the, the people doing the, the software development on Twitch, sharing their experiences, interacting with the community, interacting with chat, having a, a healthy ribbing from, from chat members and things like that. And, and so that's where we like to poke fun at, at you about your, your checkered past with Blazor. I find that it's it's really beneficial to have that on and, and have that same outlet that we might have had or, or that we might be missing from being in in an office and and working with coworkers. So I I've really enjoyed that. Um, and I, I know that you share a lot of the the projects that you're working on. You do a lot with Vue. Uh, you speak a lot about TypeScript. Uh, you're, you'll be doing a, a Blazor Week upcoming later later this month, I believe. It's in uh, December, actually. Well, it's November 30th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Starting November 30th. But it's really December. So how do you decide what to work on? Is it what you think your community would enjoy, what the chat would enjoy? Or is it you come in with projects already? You 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 know that you want to work with Vue. You know that you want to work with TypeScript. Let me tell you right now, John, I could care less what this <laughs> chat wants to do. <laughs> They're, they're a bunch of trolls. <laughs> they, they, they send me, I like in my mail, I get things like fart candles. Uh, people like that don't deserve a, a voice in this community. Um, the, <laughs> the honest answer is uh, it really depends on the outlet. So, I mean, I stream on the Bald Bearded Builder channel, right? And then I'm a developer advocate at Vonage. So I stream on their channel at least once a week. Uh, I was on there this morning. So it depends on the outlet that I'm doing, and it depends on what's on my to-do list, right? So I can tell you, like, I stream every week, one day a week for Vonage Devs. Every single one of those streams is building some kind of project with our video API, which is what I'm a developer advocate for. And then every one of the repos that we build on those projects are pretty small. And I take those repos and then create a blog post out of it. Right. So it's all feeding content on those channels. So I've got my topics planned two months in advance on that channel because I know, hey, I need to create these blog posts around these times. Hey, this feature's coming out. So I need to be ready with that. And so that's how that feeds that. In regards to the BBB channel, uh, uh, it's funny because Wasabi Dev is in chat and says that I never come in with a plan. And uh, he codes by the seat of his pants, he said. Uh, let me tell you. This is a great work of ours. If I have no skill at all, it's making it look like my plans were no plans <laughs> at all because I actually have streams planned out through the end of the year. I know exactly what I'm doing on the BBB streams every single time I come on. Uh, the, 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 the trick, I guess, is making it look like, hey, I just woke up and, you know, you're lucky I got pants <laughs> on. Let's figure this thing out. What, you know? You want to write some TypeScript? I, I, I need type safety in my life. Look at me. You know, it's very much planned. And it normally is planned around things like um, either, either stuff I have to do at work. You know, if I need to do a project that uses something specific, I work around that. Uh, if I've got a personal blog post I want to get out that I need some a code repo for, do that. A few weeks ago, uh, Martin Woodward with GitHub. Uh, gave me access to uh, code spaces on GitHub. 
So it's been kind of planned, like starting, I think, I guess it's tomorrow. This week, we're doing GitHub Code Spaces, which isn't like publicly available yet, right? So it'll be kind of an interesting topic to learn how that works. And I've given a lot of talks on developing inside of containers. So it just kind of flows in that whole genre of it works very similarly. Um, <clears throat> you know, Blazor Week, that whole week of content, we are finalizing the schedule. We ha- That's a little special because we'll have some special guests. Uh, coming on, like uh, Dan Roth is going to be there on Monday. Um, I thought we were going to have Jeremy Lignus, but it looks like he is going to be on vacation. So he's he's finding a, a suitable replacement. We got some really cool guests coming up that week to talk about different things. Uh, sometimes you have sponsored streams, right? So like Azure has sponsored a few streams and it's like, okay, so we guess what we're going to be doing on that stream. Um, so it's always like planned ahead, right? It's one of those things where uh, for Blazor Week, let's take that for an example. Every day that week, we're going to be building a certain application in Blazor. But I want it to be as green as possible. I played with Blazor earlier this year, but only for a couple of streams. So I can tell you, I've forgotten every bit of it. So I'm trying to stay away from it so that while I know what we're going to work on on that stream, I'm coming into it green, not knowing how to do it. So first part of that first stream is going to be Dan telling us who, what, why, where of, of Blazor. And then we're going to get into the documentation and, and start with getting started and, you know, do it from scratch. Is that something that you do with a lot of the topics where you basically have the topic planned out, you have a rough idea of what you're going to try to do, but you really want that native, like real discovery to be just sort of be a part of the actual stream yeah, uh, that you're doing. It's a, it's a mix. It's a mix. So um, uh, last week we were working on uh, a, a Twitch chat bot for our channel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've done that project several times, different ways. We did it one time in a, like a microservice architecture with like twelve services running in Azure, and we did one that was all serverless. Uh, we did one that was in C sharp. We've done it in TypeScript. We've done it in JavaScript. Um, same project, just different, you know, ways to, to take tackle it, right? Um, so when we start those projects, I know exactly what we got to do. It's just doing it a different way. And uh, I think there's real value in being a little more of a polyglot and doing it different ways and learning the different thought paradigms along with that. You know, a lot of people, like uh, we were talking about Vue earlier, uh, a lot of times there's like these holy wars of do you react? <laughs> do you angular? Do you view, you know, uh, how dare you? Um, but I mean, I really, I'm really a big fan of learning them all because there are like thought patterns and, and little like processes and paradigms in each that are very valid. And a lot of times it's just like different ways to skin a cat. Right. Um, but I, a lot of times I'll catch myself writing something, maybe just in vanilla JS and think, okay, how do I want to solve this? I'm like, you know, if I was writing this in Vue or if I was writing this in React, I would, hey, I wonder if I could do something like that. And, the, you know, it's just really, um, it's beneficial to to do it that way, I think. And, and so it's a mix. So some of those I know, uh, some like code spaces, I kind of know, I mean, I, I do know how to develop in containers. That's all I do. But I'm specifically not even trying to learn code spaces because I want it to be green. I mean, uh, doing the polyglot thing is a pretty good thing. But now that we have Blazor, you know, we don't need anything. You're a right? typical .NET developer. 
<laughs> listen, listen, I, there's a joke. I, there's a joke. Okay. So <clears throat> I, I decided one day that I had heard enough about Blazor uh, from all these .NET, .NETters, you know, who, who this is, I, I decided to record a trailer. Like if you were going to go to watch a movie about Blazor, the trailer goes something like, in a world where .NET developers can't be bothered to not .NET, <laughs> this fall, coming to an IDE near you, Blazor. You know, I think, I think, I think, I think the tagline for Blazor should be when .NET developers can't be bothered to not .NET. I mean, when you got when you got one language that does it all. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by TalkPython Training. The Six Figure Developer Podcast is all about leveling up your career in the tech space. Learning a little bit of Python will allow you to take your expertise and 10x it with automation, APIs, and even AI. The best place on the internet to learn Python is over at TalkPython Training. Visit talkpython.fm slash sixfigure to find your next level. That's talkpython.fm slash sixfigure. See, I, I actually, I actually, uh, I was roughly five years ago, I was getting, I was really into JavaScript. So I left .NET and I specifically looked for a front end only job. I, it was really bad timing because that's when Angular 2 was coming yeah. out and React was oh, coming yeah. up. But like I ended up going with Angular and doing TypeScript. I feel like I, I regretted just about every moment of that. Uh, and then Blazor got announced and I was like, salvation. Yeah, I can be free. Uh, I actually thoroughly enjoy vanilla JavaScript. Like I really like programming in vanilla JavaScript, but it's almost like vanilla JavaScript doesn't exist anymore. You you can pick multiple frameworks, but you gotta you gotta learn a framework at least one, and then and then that's what you do. You know, like like jQuery developers back in the day. You know, you don't like they didn't do JavaScript; they did jQuery. Well, now you don't do JavaScript, you do React or you do Vue or you yeah. do Angular with TypeScript or, you know. Um, so Blazor is actually kind of like bringing the sanity back to me where like I can, I can, just, I can just do C Sharp and it, everything will be okay. I think unfortunately that's what a lot of .NET developers are going through. Like, I mean, with surpri surprise, we went from, from C Sharp to Angular, you know, written in TypeScript. Uh, the same guy who wrote C sharp, you know, uh, it, it, of course it felt, and, and I'll be honest with you, when I, when I moved over to more JavaScript stuff, uh, I was in that.net world. You know, I, I grew up with, you know, you know, God forgive us, classic ASP and web forms, um, and then and graduated to MVC, uh, and right went into razor. But then there was that point where, you know, even Microsoft said, ah, you know what? Yeah. About that front end. You know, here's some templates, React or Angular, you know, have a good day to you, sir. Just use us for the API. Um, and I think most .NET developers went with Angular because they were using TypeScript there and it looked very similar. They're like, oh yeah, I know what an interface is. And hey, classes, you're speaking my love language, you know. Uh, so I think a lot of developers went that way and it feels weird to not have that type safety. See, I, I went I went towards React and have spent the last several years in React and really enjoyed it. Uh, React being the front end to my .NET Core Web API backends because that was what .NET and C Sharp was for 
the last several years. Um, I actually tried to put together some training materials, tried to put together a video for Angular 2 when release candidates 1 through 37 and breaking changes along the way were coming out and just got so frustrated with that mess that uh, switched over to, to React and never looked back. But having spoken with those that that use and and enjoy Vue, it sounds like Vue was what Angular 2 could have been as a as a, a follow on to Angular JS. Yeah, so I, so I never did Angular JS. I came into mm-hmm. it when Angular 2 was like in beta and lived that nightmare. Um, actually, actually, we were building a customer project in Angular 2. And then, you know, you'd come into work one day and, oh, hey, thanks for the uh, NPM installing. <laughs> By the way, the router's completely different. Um, you know, and, and that was a rough year. <laughs> uh, I, I'm still looking for the people who designed that release process so I can throw punch them. But um, I think it's gotten more stable after that release, right? I mean, they, they released like they, they spit out new releases of Angular like, you know, rabbits you know, mating. It's crazy. <laughs> but I would say, so I don't know AngularJS, but I can tell you that having learned Vue in the last couple of years, I've heard a lot of people say that. Like, it's it's like, it's more like uh, AngularJS. I, I couldn't tell you that, but I can tell you after having spent years in Angular world, uh, or Angular 2 world, right? Um, Vue is much simpler. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is much more straightforward. It's much more beginner-friendly. Um, I think you can have something up and and running a lot faster and a lot less boilerplate. Um, the thing I like about Vue, it's like Angular Lite a little bit. Like you don't have to have everything that you do in Angular to do something, but it's also like a little bit like React. Like if you just want like one little thing on your page to be a component, you can do that, right? I mean, you could just make like a little component of just Vue and plug that in somewhere and the rest of your site can be whatever you want. Um, they all have pros and cons, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think view makes those people happy for sure. And before hitting record, you had mentioned that you, you enjoy view, you enjoy TypeScript, but you haven't done view with TypeScript. That's right. Yeah. So, so view two, you can use TypeScript with it, but you can tell it's very much a secondhand citizen. Whereas like, if you go write angular two, you can tell. The thing was written with with TypeScript. It just feels like it feels weird to use JavaScript, just vanilla JavaScript with Angular too. Well, they got they got rid of it. Like, I'm you might still be able to hack it in, but they dropped uh, documentation support for it. Yeah, it's it's shortly after release. Yeah, it's not. It's a it's a hard road to plow. But with Vue Vue two, that's the way it kind of seemed for me with TypeScript. Like it was a hard road to plow. Like I could do it. But I got to bring in all these things and change all these configurations. It didn't feel as natural. Um, and I'll be honest, I mean, React is supposed to be much more TypeScript friendly. I write that in JavaScript too. I, I, it just doesn't feel as comfortable using TypeScript there. Uh, Vue 3, I, I've been using Vue 3 here for, I don't know, several weeks. Um, it's better uh, about TypeScript support, but I don't think either one of those have gotten as close to angular is as far as just feeling like it's a typescript world that I'm living in. Yeah. Having, having spent the last couple of years in the react space, 
if you want examples in React, you're not going to find them using TypeScript. Yeah, yeah, in the same way, same way in Vue. Yeah, yeah, you, you feel like to use TypeScript in either of those, you feel like you're kind of bending the rules a little bit. Um, like I'm doing something custom just by using TypeScript. You know, it's not like I built something custom that I'm really like trying to like bend this framework into my will. I'm doing what they tell me to do, but it still feels naughty. But there are some animals out there that like that. <laughs> That's what my team does is actually TypeScript with React. That explains a whole lot, Ash. <laughs> a whole lot. But let's just be honest. I'm the Twitch troll here. I'm actually a plant uh, because I just went into DevOps and all I do is, you know, YAML files and bash scripts and powershell scripts these days so. i i love that life i love devops and that's why i love de- you know developing in containers i was talking about earlier it's uh that stuff's really a lot of fun but yeah you can do it you can do it and that's you know i'll say you know there's there's a lot of like you know everybody's like you know you hate blazer i don't hate blazer <laughs> i'm dedicating a whole week to blazer <laughs> in about a month the thing about with blazer and this is what i've explained this on stream here's the deal and understand, I am one of you, okay? Stop trying to crucify me. <laughs> one of um, us. Yeah, one I'm of one us. of you. I'm, I'm living that .NET life. L- listen, if you think about how, like, Microsoft brought developers into the web, they said, oh, man, it's really hard for these guys because they're all writing this WinForm stuff, and they're used to state. Well, guess what the web doesn't have? State. So they said, you know what, let's... Let's make let's make something that feels more natural to them. We'll make a, a WYSIWYG IDE and we'll just build state into it. You know, uh, and, and WebForms was born and we got this view state that sends back everything on every post <laughs> and, 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 and developers moved to it. It was really simple, um, but they didn't understand how the web worked. You know, they said we're going to post back, but they didn't understand that's an HTTP post. You know, they they had no idea that get existed or put or delete or patch or any of that. They didn't understand how the web worked. They just felt like it was the same as as WinForms, right? And then somebody had the amazing idea of uh, ASP.NET MVC, which to me, when, when that came along, it's like, hey, I dig this. Because it felt like I was getting a little closer to the metal, right? Like, like I, I now understand how the web works. Hey, they, you know, some gets and some AC, you know, all this kind of stuff. I think it's kind of been progressing that way. Like, they, they're, they're taking it closer and closer to the metal. And that's my only concern with Blazor is I, I'm, I'm afraid they're going to abstract away so much of that. Like, because, listen, I mean, you, you all know there was some pretty janky stuff in web forms. I mean, what you talking about? Post, post back, ten, 10 meg post backs. Matter of fact, I, I, even with MVC, even when you kind of like got, got a little closer to it, I remember debugging an app somebody wrote. Uh, it was an order form for a, a pipe manufacturer. Okay. And these order forms can have hundreds of lines on them. Let's just say a hundred. So they had a, an online ordering form that would show those hundred lines. Well, it was kind of slow to load. So I go into debug it. They're using Entity Framework. Um, they're using MVC, uh, and it was it was just MVC. There was no. I think they used jQuery. 
uh, for the JavaScript to make it that's, interact. That's where they okay. went wrong. No, no. Here, here's where they did it. Listen, that page I found out was hitting the database somewhere around, I want to say it was like close to 2,000 times for that one page load with 100 items. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, because because they they had done, um, they used Entity Framework, but they hadn't used Includes. So they were bringing back like a list of the order details, but didn't include the order and didn't include the account off the order or the uh, ship to location or the build to location off the order. So every time they were hitting one of those line items, they were doing these calculations that this little, comp- this little, uh, I, f- I forget the name of it now, partial view, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know the context of the whole. So Every time it's pinging to get that account, you know, they had like in a for loop, you know, in their defense, at least they separated all that out into from one giant table because, you know, I've been in that application too, where they just pull everything back in one table. It was very relational. Yeah, no, it was very (laughs) relational. It was very relational. It was great. But I mean, just the simple fact of, hey, maybe, maybe don't even include that in the payload. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe stop using sales order detail dot sales order. Uh, maybe just go get the sales order, you know, and then you don't have to even bring it back on every detail in the payload or the account. Hey, what? why don't you just go load the account one time, you know, and pass it into the partial rather. I mean, because you could include it, right? You could say, you know, go get it and include dot sales order and include dot sales order dot account. But then that data set, they, they didn't put together that, hey, that means that data set coming from the database. Every row now has every row plus every account or that account plus that order. You know, uh, it's, it's god awful. There's no no one needs to live like that. Yeah, the the last ten years of my career have been going into places and fixing the sins of the past of, of yeah, the people yeah, that did that thing. Yeah. So I think the next ten years of my career will be going in and fixing the mistakes that the early adopters of Blazor will will be I, implementing. I, and that's my concern. That's my concern because with web with web forms. We abstracted so much that it made it super easy to screw st- screw things up. MVC was less abstracted. So you kind of had an idea, you know, hey, I hit this get, I go get that thing. I go hit this get with an ID, I go, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, I'm, that's my only concern with Blazor is that it abstracts so much that it makes it a lot easier for people to not understand how the web works and how those payloads kind of, you know, I think that'll be more of a problem with server side. I think with WASM, it's not going to be as big of a deal because you do, if you want new data, you have to do an HTTP call. Yeah. So it's you're you're not abstracting that network interface at that point. Now the people developing may not be familiar with the network interface, you know, depending on their background. But yeah. But at least at least you're having to make that call to get that data, and you're hitting an API. Yeah. But with server side, it's it's much different because you're just like oh. It's like the database is right there. I'll just go get stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it, make, it makes... Uh, uh, Blazor doesn't make you write bad code, but, it, you know, it, no language does, right? No language can make you write bad code or good code, right? Uh, that, like, a lot of people are like, you know, TypeScript, TypeScript, you know, it'll save the world. You know, types will save us. Uh, type safety is wonderful, but it doesn't make you write good code. You can write garbage regardless. Um, Hey, listen. Hey, Dan. Dan Roth is going to be the first guest uh, on on Blazer Week. If anybody can sell me on it, it's Dan. 
I just haven't seen, I don't have a use case for it. I, the use, only use case I can see for Blazor so far is it makes it easy for .NET people to do the web. That's a valid use case. Yeah, Dan certainly does have a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. And it, it comes through when he's speaking about, about Blazor and about many topics. So so what can we look forward to in, you, you said you've got programs already planned out through the end of the year, including Blazor Week. Yes. So, so what can we look forward to coming from, from you on your stream? Well, I can't tell you. Then it would be like I planned it, and people will think, "Oh, he knows what he's yeah, doing." Wrecked I mean, the whole system. Yeah, you know, did you just miss the whole illusion part of this conversation? <laughs> I mean, thanks for catching up. Glad you can join us today. Uh, no, we like I said, we we're doing code spaces this week. That'll that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, they say in chat, "Don't look at the man behind the curtain." You don't want to see how the sausage is made, John. You don't want to see it. You don't have your curtain up, so I thought <laughs> this was true. a I don't safe have it. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I, no, I, uh, I see we're doing code spaces. I would have to go look. Um, right now, all my attention, honestly, is on Blazor Week. That is going to be super ambitious. Um, it, it's, it's one of the most involved things I've done on Twitch in a long time, and it's because it involves so many guests just just a lot going on. I think that Friday is going to be like a code party where there's going to be some giveaways. And we got some legit prizes, I think, coming up. It looks like we're going to be giving away, like, I can't tell you them all, but I know one of them is like a surface. Nice. Uh, so it's like a legit stuff that people are, are are getting on board with. That That's probably, you know, Christmas is going to be hopefully chill, to be honest. Uh the rest of December, that, that, that's the first week of December. I'm hoping the rest of December is just chill streams where we, you know, do some view or do some, you know, something that's a little easier <clears throat> as we wind down the year and then uh, we'll kick off the new year. And one of the things that you do on your stream that I really appreciate a lot is you donate a lot of the proceeds to yeah. various charities or you want to maybe share a, a little mm -hmm. bit? Just, yeah, just one, actually, just one. So on, on Twitch, you know, you can sub. Right. And it's not like a YouTube sub. Uh, YouTube subs are free uh, on Twitch. If you sub to a channel, it costs you five dollars. Uh, you can also cheer uh, and, and streamers get money for those cheers. They get money for those subs and then you can donate and they get that money as well. All those subs and cheers and donations on our channel. We donate every penny of it to an organization called Backpack Buddies. And Backpack Buddies feeds kids who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Like here in the U.S., like one in five kids don't know where their next meal is coming from. Um, so a lot of times the schools here will feed the kids. A lot of times the schools here will send food home, like even at, on the evenings. Um, but they don't feed the kids on the weekend. And that's exactly what Backpack Buddies addresses. They uh, deliver food to the schools. They don't know who the kids are. The school counselors identify them. Uh, they deliver these bags on Friday. The bags get stuck in the kid's backpack and the kid goes home with like 4,000 calories of food for the weekend. Uh, plus like snacks, they provide them like gifts at Christmas and those kind of holidays. They give them uh, toiletry bags a few times a year. Uh, so yeah, we, we have fed something like, I, I don't I know it's over 1500 kids this year. Uh, doing that so it's 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 a travesty that we have to think about that in the u.s mm -hmm. uh, we're too wealthy of a nation for any kid to worry about their where their food's going to come from but i am also so proud of our community for tackling it head on how about any resources do you have any things that you would point 
listeners too, if they're wanting to get start, started with, we've talked about a lot of different things, uh, whether it's TypeScript, Blazor, um, Vue, you know, Docker, we've kind of mentioned, you mentioned, you know, uh, we're developing from containers and that sort of thing. Um, what, what, uh, what kind of resources might you call out for them? Man, there's so many resources. I mean, I feel like we are like in the age of resources for all of this stuff. Now that everybody's offline and, and working from home, we all need those kind of resources. So, you know, heck, YouTube is an amazing resource for all of those. Um, to me, Vue, I learned the, I learned Vue and I learned React by going through their docs. Um, they had both of them. I think Views was a little nicer. That's personal preference. We all have different tastes there, but um, the Vue docs is is a great resource for that. Of uh, was it Free Code Camp? Fantastic resource. Um, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, Kent Dodds puts out some really good content. Um, uh, he's no, I think he's more in the React world. Uh, West Boss has got a great JavaScript, like oh, it was a JavaScript 30 or 30 days of JavaScript or something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but it's fantastic if you want to learn just JavaScript. Um, which, as a matter of fact, if you wanted to learn like React, Vue, or Angular, uh, I would say, hey, listen, good for you, champ. Uh, go check out West Boss's 30 days of JavaScript and just spend 30 days learning just JavaScript. Mm-hmm. You build, I think you build something every single day. And then go tackle your framework because a lot of times you'll get into those frameworks and you're like, Hey, this splice is amazing. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that Vue has splice and split and concat. And then you, you know, five years down the road, you're like, wait, that's not Vue. That's just JavaScript. Oh, um, so that, that's really, I think that's, that's a really good way to go. Just spend a few days in that. Um, free code camp, like I said, is a great one. Uh, certainly Twitch streams are a great resource. If you like that .NET life and that you're just determined to live it, uh, then you live it. You, you, you're a strong, independent .NET developer and you don't need no JavaScript or telling you how to live your life. Go check out some Twitch streams. Uh, Jeff Ritz on Twitch does a great job with that. And Microsoft is coming alive with it, uh, with the, uh, uh, was it Microsoft developer channel and the visual studio channel? Uh, they're putting out some really slick content uh, around getting up. Jeff Fritz is doing a getting started with .NET. As a matter of fact, I think he's even putting it, or C Sharp, and he's even putting it on YouTube. So if you want to get started with C Sharp, you should definitely check that out because he's putting out some really good content on that. All right. Uh, what has been helpful in your career that you might share with those just getting started or those looking to level up their careers? This is the old man in me coming out. But looking back, uh, of like 20 years in software development, there was no resource. Clearly there was no conference or meetup, right? That, 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 that affected me 100%. The most important thing that affected me as a developer are other people who either had confidence in me and gave me, gave me opportunities or, you know, spoke life into me and, and built me up in some way. So I would say, um, find you someone who does what you want to do and just get under their wing. Um, and then also be that person for somebody else. If you aren't mentoring or encouraging someone every single day, uh, you're missing an opportunity because I can tell you, I wrote an app one time for Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola has one of those like war rooms. Do you remember the the movie war room? 
where like they have the big screens, like you've seen the NASA movies, they have the screens everywhere. Coke has a war room like that where they're monitoring production for Coke all the time because apparently it's as big as walking on the moon. Um, but I built an app in there and, and it's on one of those screens, like 55 inches of this war room is this app I built. I got to tell you, when they turn that on, it was really rewarding, uh-huh. right? As a developer, you know how that is. When you write a program and, and a customer's using it and enjoying it, <laughs> you're like, yes, I, I, I did it. I can tell you what, <clears throat> a month into streaming, someone reached out and we had done a stream on Docker. And I was not a Docker pro. I was just doing the same thing. Let's learn together and figure this out. The guy sends me a message and says, man, thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, I've always thought Docker was just kind of like out of reach and you made it feel so approachable. I got to tell you that I, I, I felt that way more than I ever felt that release at Coke, that I had helped somebody in a positive way. And, uh, and that's just getting, that's just kind of changed my career. I've gone from developer to, Hey, how can I build up more people? A lot of people think like the bald bearded builder, like the lo- the name or whatever, <laughs> like, Oh, he builds code. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's building stuff. He's a JavaScript and view and the dot nets and the <laughs> anything but blazer guy. Um, but the truth is the builder part of it for me comes from building up others. Uh, I think it's so important that we invest in people and make them the priority because I got to tell you, especially in this time with COVID and everything going on, uh, I think we're realizing how important it is to take care of ourselves. But I got to tell you, there is not a, I'm I'm a typical developer who would like stay up all nights, you know, grinding, you know, you're up till three or four in the morning, you're back up at eight or nine in the morning, just grinding and grinding. Uh, Looking back, there is not a single line of code that was more important than my health, my family, uh, my relationships with others. Uh, So I would just encourage anyone who's wanting to get in the field or is starting in the field or whether you've been there, you know, longer than I have, make that a priority. There is no, listen, if you, if your boss comes to you and says, Hey, we got to get this feature out. The company's going to go under (laughs) if we can't release this on Friday. Uh, Spoiler alert, your company's going under regardless. And it's not because of that release. You know, uh, there are bigger problems at hand here. So take care of yourself more than anything and, and invest in people. I think that's so important. Where can our listeners go uh, to follow you and sort of keep up with whatever you're working on? You can certainly hit me up on Twitch at twitch.tv slash baldbeardedbuilder. Uh, I'm on Twitter at baldbeardbuild. You'd, you'd think there's a little <laughs> branding at play. Uh, YouTube is bald. I'm, I'm baldbeardedbuilder everywhere except for Twitch. And there it's uh, baldbeardbuild. Uh, baldbeardedbuilder.com. All that, all that jazz. Yeah, all of it. Well, thank you, Michael. This was this was a lot of fun. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot. I really enjoyed it, guys. That was Michael Jolly. With nearly 20 years of experience designing and developing software, Michael loves sharing his knowledge with others and watching them excel. You can catch his live coding sessions on Twitch and presenting talks at conferences and meetups. If you like this episode, please like, rate, and review on iTunes. Find show notes, blog posts, and more at sixfiguredev.com. And be sure to catch us live each week on Twitch. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Six Figure Dev. This has been another episode of the Six Figure Developer Podcast, helping others reach their potential. I am John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. 